to the Wisdom Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. And today's topic is going to be a bit of a Heinz 57 approach to teaching. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, here, here's what it's going to look like. I'm going to take at least one topic, maybe two. I'm just going to kind of start rolling with it and see where this train takes us today. Uh, these days over at Wisdom, uh, be helpful to know if there's any uh, specific topics that listeners are interested in. Um, otherwise, you'll just get what is fresh for me, <laughs> which is a-okay with me. That's how we decide to roll. Okay, so so here's a thought about Genesis 2 and 3. You know, one of the things I've heard it said before is when you read Genesis 3 and you see uh, a specific verse, I believe it's verse 6, uh, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. One of the things you might hear at times is this phrase, good for food, pleasing to the eye, and desirable for getting wisdom, that that reveals that Adam and Eve were deceived by external appearances, that because it looked pretty, because it looked right, because it looked um, like something they didn't have, that that's what drew them away, so that it was actually this sinful desire that drew them into uh, breaking uh, their trust with God and beginning to trust the enemy. Well, here's here's maybe a, a little monkey wrench into that thinking. If you look back at Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden there was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, two of the three descriptors... In Genesis 3, pleasing to the eye, good for food, those two out of the three, which the third one being and desirable for gaining wisdom, two of the three descriptors are what's used in Genesis 3 to describe the tree, the fruit of the wrong tree, which is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In other words, one of the reasons that it was so deceiving is it literally matched the declaration of what God had said or what God had intended for every tree in the garden, that it would be pleasing to the eye, that it would be good for food. That was the desire that God had for every tree in the garden. It, so, so we've got to get out of the mindset that says when stuff looks good and when stuff tastes good, we need to question whether or not it is good. Because the real deception in Genesis 3 is that it was desirable for gaining wisdom. What did the enemy say? Eat this fruit and you'll be like God. Do this thing and you'll become like him. It's the do to become that was actually getting Adam and Eve all twisted up. The idea that I have to do something to be like God challenges the fact that I was made in his image and in his likeness. 
Guys, the real original sin, if we can put it in that language, is religion. It's do something to get something. Do something to get wisdom. Do something to be like God. Do something to become like, like someone. Do something to become somebody. It's the same thing that's happening today. We view our we view our achievements as the price tag for acceptance, for identity, for love. What we can pull off is what makes us acceptable. And the reality is nobody says it like that. Nobody says do this and God will be pleased with you. But functionally, a lot of the things that do get said or don't get said that need to be said create the, the, the impression that that's how it is with God. That's how it is with the kingdom of God. That until I do something, Jesus is not doing anything. And what we forget is he's done it all. He, his death on the cross is not just this one-time thing. It is a demonstration of his very nature, of his very essence, of who he is. He lives to intercede, as Hebrews 7, 7 says. He lives to give his life away. It's who he is. It's not what he does. Did you know that God doesn't love you? He is love. He can't love you like an action because he loves you as an essence. He is love. In other words, that's all he has to give away is love. And sometimes love looks like correction. Sometimes love looks like discipline. Sometimes love looks like showering you with all the goodies. And honestly, all of it is goodies because even the correction of God, even when God corrects you, it's to it's to remove from your understanding and your perception a lie that's skewing your view of reality. And when your view of reality is skewed, you don't see things clearly. When you don't see things clearly, you don't act in accordance with who you really are. And that's the whole point of the gospel. That's the good news. So this kind of trips right into the other thing I've been pondering on and meditating on, which is the word transformation. Now, I believe uh, in the past, uh, on the podcast, we've done a podcast on transformation. So some of this may be repeat, but I think it's it's at least a little different, or if it's not different, it's completely the same. Uh, at least it's a good reminder And you know, there's nothing wrong with being reminded of who we really are. So one of the things I've noticed is over the last probably, if I were guessing, 10 to 15 years, there's, there's been this word transformation that's constantly coming to the forefront. Or maybe it's in the background, but it's slowly making its way to the foreground. Different streams or different movements of the people of God uh, frame it differently. This is what transformation is. This is what it isn't. And depending on what stream you are listening to will determine, it will determine how you view it, if that makes sense. So, so one thing that I'm noticing that's a constant or maybe a consistent, a consistent undertone or a consistent... Um, unspoken essence of that word transformation across movements. And, and, and by that statement, I do not mean that I know the fullness of every movement on the planet. I just mean you read 
the missional movement, you see it, you read the charismatic movement stuff, you see it, you read the Bible church guys, you see it, you read the, you know, it, it, this, this word transformation is popping up, but they all seem to be saying, um, yes, different at some level, but there's these similar undertones, and that's what I'm kind of addressing. And, and what, what, I, what I keep picking up is this, that somehow transformation is less sin, more spiritual disciplines. Let me say that again. That somehow transformation is less sin or no sin, take it that far, and increased or more spiritual disciplines. And, and let me let me start off by saying this. Transformation probably includes those things. In other words, if you really looked, drilled into someone's life, you could see, um, hey, they live holy, they live pure. And by that, I mean actions, thoughts, all that stuff. The other thing is uh, they have this consistent rhythm of, of relationship with God and people and... Um, you know, you could say, well, they're disciplined here, there, and, and everywhere else. And so it's not a statement against that. It's just saying those two things do are not the drivers of transformation. What they are is the, the, the few things that we can quote-unquote measure and say, well, if these things are happening, then that must equal a transformed life. Not necessarily, because here's the deal, guys. If I need a bunch of structure to keep my heart okay with God and to keep me in relationship with people, then guess what? Not transformed. <laughs> that is not a transformed life. That is a life that is propped up with structures to make me think I'm okay. It creates codependency and it creates a, a life that's, that's, that's not really being lived. The other thing is you can force yourself to do certain activities for a certain amount of time and at some level may see some success or at least hit or miss. But, but real transformation is I'm no longer having to force myself to do anything, but the desire has been planted in me by Jesus because of what he did and who he is. And his life is now inside me. And you know what begins to happen? I want to live this way. I want to live this stuff out. And you know what? I enjoy living this way and I enjoy living it out. I actually like giving my money away and I like listening to people and I like speaking positive, encouraging, empowering things into people's lives. I like taking risks and I like taking my wife out on a date and I like blessing my kids and I like changing diapers and I like doing housework and I like doing yard work. And do you see what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's going from have to, to get to, 
I get to do this. Man, being a human being is the greatest gig on the planet. And here's the other part of transformation. I actually don't want to be like anybody else. I don't want anyone else's life. I like my life. I like who God's made me to be. I like who God's made my family to be. I like the place God's given us. I, I celebrate that. Therefore, when someone else succeeds, I am not jealous. I am not discouraged. I do not wonder where God is I celebrate it because it's so much fun to see them shine, to see them come into that place of fullness and fruition, to see them be celebrated in the things of God. That is fun. There is delight in it. And it's wonderful. And I don't have to discipline myself to be delightful. I, I just get to realize that I am delighted. And you know what falls out of the bottom of that? what some may call discipline, but I don't live by discipline. I live by identity. I live by who I really am and who I really am is most clearly seen in the person of Jesus. The more clearly I see who he is, what he's like, and and the Holy Spirit gives me revelation. What does that mean? Understanding. He walks me into the truth and I go, whoa, look how good this is. Look how full I am. Look how full you are. And I begin to treat you out of the overflow of my own revelation of Christ in me, the hope of glory. And you know what, folks? That's what I like to call good news. Hashtag boom. For those of you that don't know the hashtag boom, uh, when we were in Oregon, that was our phrase. Instead of amen, we would say hashtag boom. Uh, so feel free to take that and do what it, do with it what you will. But guys, transformation is no longer earning stuff from God. No longer trying to get something from Him, but realizing He gave you everything in His Son. You got the full on package, the full meal deal. The kingdom comes fully equipped. It means that I enjoy every stage of life, yet I have a great expectation that it's just gonna get better. It means that I actually love people that don't believe what I believe and don't believe in Jesus. I actually love them. I'm not trying to convince myself to love them. I actually do. And it's not just to get something from them. It's to give something to them. It's to help them realize you are way bigger of a deal than you realize in God's mind. He thinks you are incredible. And that's good news. It means there's no more negatives All the negatives, we've got to realize, have been put to death in Christ. Therefore, I don't fight negatives anymore. I just recognize they're all gone. They're all dead. But what if I feel a negative? If you feel a negative, what it reveals is what you believe gives that thing a platform. So ask this question. Holy Spirit, what am I believing that's not true? And as he reveals to you in your heart and mind what's not true, then you say, Father, I give you that lie. What's the truth that you want to reveal to me in its place? And as he opens your eyes, as he allows you to see, then you know what? You walk into that truth, and you know what you just walked into? Disneyland. You just walked into an all-you-can-eat buffet, and you'll never get full, and you'll never get fat. That's good news right there. Guys, this is transformation. And the deception is that if something looks good, it must be bad. That's the Genesis 2-3 thing. But the truth is, in Christ, all things, he works all things together for good. And all my old, dirty, 
Grody desires dead. All my new, holy, pure desires, that's what's alive in me. Only the pure stuff. Only the good stuff. Only the goodies. <laughs> and that's good news. All right. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you, God, for revelation. Thank you for increasing people's revelation of your power and life. I declare favor, increase, perspective, joy, mercy, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control to be springing up and bearing fruit like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes and iTunes will suggest this podcast to others. Thanks, everyone, and take care.